Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. We have a very special guest for us for episode 31 to help us discuss Catfingers. I am GC13 and he is... I am Max. I come from the land of the Ringo Zone, where the mead fountains flow with everything but mead. Also, we're here too. I'm Dakota and this is Ken. Yeah, so we've mentioned the Ringo Zone on this podcast before. We're very excited to have Max on. Actually, what we're doing is we are kicking Hunter off, and we're just kind of like going to take over the Ringo Zone. So you guys will see in a few <laughs> days that there's going to be no Ringo Zone. It's just going to be an extension of Lunar Sea Spire. Okay, so Catfingers, though. The first appearance of the Internet's mayor, Mayor Dewey. Is he now? I didn't vote for him. I voted for the Onyx Wizard. Anyway, so yeah, no, um, yeah, this is the episode that introduces Mayor Dewey. This is the episode that introduces shapeshifting. It's the first time we've seen it, right? Yep. No, this is not the first episode that we see shapeshifting introduced. The first episode is in Together Breakfast oh, yeah. because Amethyst tries Yeah, in, dumb police. And she has a brown mustache. I, that, that mustache does not look brown to me. I don't know where you get brown. Yeah, no, it's like a dark purple. But so, I mean, that just raises more questions. It just makes my question even bigger, like... Why is Steven so surprised by Amethyst shapeshifting? Because it seems like she'd be fast and loose with it all the time. This is true. However, he probably just didn't expect that cat to be Amethyst. And so it was less, I'm surprised that you're shapeshifting. And more, I'm surprised that that you, Amethyst, I thought it was a cat kind of thing. Ah. And there have been theories in the past that, like, Steven has only recently started living with the gems. So, sure, like, the gems probably use their powers all the time. But it's still, like, a novel thing for Steven. And so for him, it's like, oh, cool. You were a cat, and now you're my friend, and this is neat. Show me how to do it. Yeah, I mean, even if he's seen Amethyst shapeshift before, if he hasn't had it explained to him, maybe he's, I don't know, not aware of the full extent of her abilities to do that. Like, it's just kind of like a thing where he sees it all the time, and then one day he just it just strikes him like, wait a second, did she turn into a cat? What? Wait, she's always turning into a cat! The hell? <laughs> so that explains why Fluffy is only here sometimes. But wait! Wait! The kittens! <laughs> Fluffy only comes out when he needs to go win a pet show. Is this like a furry thing? Are we like, is this code? Did I accidentally enter some weird club? Like, what's no, going on? No, there was a, there was one of the mini comics in the, in the back of one of the Steven Universe comics. Where oh, he's right, I remember that. Amethyst uh, enters a pet competition. Yeah. Yeah, you keep, Lion's not having any of that. <laughs> yeah. Onion at a pet crocodile. Just, yeah. I hope we get to see that in the show someday. I know we won't, but I like to imagine, I don't know, he just has a bunch of weird stuff at his house. I want to see Onion stare down a gem monster like he did in the comics. You have seen it. The crocodile? Because Amethyst is going to be the crocodile. I can't do that voice. The crocodile! Jazz hands. There it is. Yes. This. this is good. I like this. I like to imagine that maybe secretly in the world of Steven Universe, Louis Armstrong never existed. It was just Amethyst the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that theory. Oh, anyway, I guess here's the here's the thing, because it's like Caffingers is, you know, an interesting episode to discuss, by which I mean like, what the hell is there to discuss? Steven almost became a monster. Yeah, an adorable, an adorable cat monster. monster. I think that raises a good question of, like, how do gems become corrupt versus, like, how do their gem crack and they get mirrorized versus, like, how do they just become imprisoned and not be able to come back out of the gem? Like, I think corruption is, like, novelly different from just being, like, really messed up in battle. I mean, you know, that that is a good question. I think the fact is that uh, I have a feeling gem corruption has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've seen so far. Like, uh, there's, you know, those theories that bismuth has something to do with it, and maybe that is very well the case. 
I think, like, in the case of Steven, uh, I'm just kind of interested in the fact that Steven shapeshifts into creatures that have some level of partial intelligence. And those appendages that he turns into something smart kind of start to override his own body. And I feel like that's not a thing that's ever happened with any gem before. It's something that happens as a result of Steven having human flesh and living tissue that shapeshifts, is that it turns into another copy of an actual living thing. Like at one point he says, um, I, wa- I don't want cat fingers, I want Steven fingers, and I don't mean little fingers with my head on them. I think if he did do that, all those heads would have their own <laughs> brain. And I think the idea is that since Steven is human flesh, when he turns into something, he's not just changing shape, he's actually turning into it. I mean, I like that idea, but I think that there is a canon precedent for like explaining why those uh, cat appendages were able to move on their own. Because if you think about it, there have been other points in the series where we have seen Steven imbue life on something. And that was also the same episode where Garnet mimicked that really cool Russian statue. Talking, of course, about watermelon <laughs> Steven. Like, yeah. the baby puncher! So I think clearly, like, there's some level of life about Steven's powers. I agree, actually. I think that, um, yeah, I think that, you know, like, a lot of the stuff that kind of goes on around Steven can kind of be, I think life-giving is sort of the ultimate ability of the Rose Quartz gem, or, you know, Pink Diamond gem, if you believe such things, which I do. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I'm trying to think, like, what else happened in this episode, because, like, uh, Steven turns into a cat monster, we got, like, Petey speaking, and then that wouldn't happen again for, like, two dozen episodes or so. Ronaldo happened. We got the introduction of Ronaldo. The yeah. first time we saw him in the background, I thought he was Petey's mom. Like, did anyone else think that? That he was, like, Petey's mom? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's what I thought. And then it was like, he's a this brother. This is my he's fat, mannish mother. She wears flame shirts. <laughs> this is a thing that happens. You know, actually, everybody kind of lost it over the potato swimsuit calendar in Rising Tide's Crushing Skies, but I was re-watching Catfingers today, and it looks like you can see that same picture on the wall in the fry shop. We talked about this a bit on the Ringo Zone, and my big theory is that uh, it's a gag gift that Kofi got Fryman. He's just like, ha ha! You have strange feelings towards potatoes! <laughs> Like, I, I could just see that for some reason. The two of them, just because they both own restaurants, uh, <coughs> are friends. Yeah, jokes on Kofi. You know, not only did Fryman like the calendar, he has a favorite picture. Yeah. I mean, that that's always the thing that's kind of interesting to me about calendars. It's like, you get them, they have lots of fun pictures, and then you take them down and throw them out. It's like, why not just keep the pictures? Is that not is that not a thing we do? We just cut out the pictures that we like and tape them to the inside of our, our underwear drawers? This episode excites me because it is the first Mayor Dewey episode. I mean, he really changed in characterization from early on to later when he finally got to talk for a while in political power. I mean, what did he do in this episode? He was a little bit mean to Stephen, and then he walked off because he got a free car wash, and that was it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was in the opening scene. You know what's really interesting? Like, I rewatched most of the series this weekend. So and did I. I remember when watching that episode... I just thought, like, how different the entire tone of the series was this early on. We were still, like, really grasping at straws, trying to figure out what was what. And I could have sworn up, down, left, right, over, under, hippity-hoppity that, like, Mayor Dewey was going to be a more important character than he was. Well, yeah, I um, like to refer to the episodes leading up to Giant Woman as uh, Steven Universe's awkward face. <laughs> like, um, I feel like, you know, I, I mean, probably a little before the maybe like up to series Steven even, uh, I, like, I'd have to, like, go through them and decide, yeah, 
this is the part where it actually becomes good and not just tolerable in retrospect. But it's varying degrees. Stuff like the first like two or three episodes are kind of hard. Then you get to like Frybo, and it's just so batshit crazy that it's interesting. Uh, I hated Frybo when I first watched it. Until we got into like uh, jailbreak territory, I hated Frybo. And I think the only reason I hated it was because of like the colors and the lighting. It was such a dingy episode. Well, I mean, it worked because it was kind of. I mean, Frybo, you know, is a one two punch. The one is um, here's all this crushing existential growing pains about the nature of life and work and maturing and losing innocence. And the two punches here's a scary French fry monster. So you combine those two together and you have like horrible growing pains and horror. It makes sense to have a very dingy color palette. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the thing for me. Like Frybo is definitely the episode where I knew like I kind of want to commit to Steven Universe. But Catfingers was just like, I feel like Catfingers is kind of maybe, I don't know, when the show starts to sort of get an idea of uh, what its humor's like, because just like uh, the cat fingers and the way everybody reacts to them and all the different character lines, like, I kind of feel like this is when you start to get an idea of just, like, the levels of weird that Steven Universe is really willing to go to. Because it's really one of the first episodes that uh, explores, like, mixing the fantasy elements of the show with the reality elements of the show simultaneously. So what, you get the shape-shifting, but you also have the car wash? Well, yeah, exactly, because, you know, Steven Universe is supposed to be about the marriage of uh, all this fantasy and adventure stuff with all this reality and just kind of, like, fun times and hanging out in Beach City. And a lot of episodes, you'll have, like, one or the other going on, and then maybe in the climax they mix or something. You know, Catfingers was the first episode that really had them, like, equally omnipresent throughout the entire episode. I don't know, I think... Frypo did a fairly good job. I mean, it starts out more mundane and gets more magical later, but they were both very crucial to the episode. Okay, so I don't completely disagree with you, Max. I don't completely disagree with you. Like when you said, like this episode is where we begin to get that real first taste of what's to come. But I do disagree with you when you say that like what comes before this isn't as interesting because I know that at least for me, one of the things that I really like about this show is that it changes as it continues to go on. Like, it means different things to me. And I know that, like, it's meant different things to me throughout its times being a series because I've been at different points in my life. When I first started watching it, I wasn't really expecting very much. I mean, and this is just me personally. I wasn't expecting very much. Like, for what it was, I really enjoyed it. It was this really silly show with all of these dumb jokes, and then there was, like, this underlying level of fantasy and, you know, there was, it, it had its own excitement there that there was this, this, these unspoken things about this universe that we just kind of had to wonder about. Like, what are the gems? Why are they there? Why is all this weird stuff happening? Why don't they ever explain any of it? And that's what makes the show so intriguing. Well, I mean, yeah. for me, it's just like, um, the first few episodes, uh, like, um, I think I mentioned this. The first episode of Steam Universe, you know, like, uh, Gem Glow, I remember it's just stuff like, the cookie cat rap, I actually had to cover my ears because the first time I was watching the show, I'm like, oh, this is so terrible. And I just kind of barely stayed invested thanks to the magical fantasy adventure. And then as the show goes on, um, I was kind of invested in the adventure stuff and I really didn't care much for Steven yet. But then Frybo and Catfingers came along and uh, I really do like to talk about these two episodes together because um, they are, you know, kind of similar in tone, but I think they do together serve the important purpose of, like, uh, they help you get a feel for what Steam Universe is like. I'm not saying that the first episodes of Steam Universe aren't important, 
I'm saying that the very first time I was watching them, I did not like the first episodes, and I didn't really feel like it got good until Frybo and Catfingers came along, gave it a clear idea of what the rest of the show was going to be like, and the show really starts to find its own voice and appeal. The show really has changed from back when we first became fans. You know, you mentioned Giant Woman as a huge turning point. I tend to think more, put it a few episodes forward with Steven the Swordfighter as being the last of the early Steven episodes, just because, you know, that's when Pearl got her outfit changed. That's a very big part of the gems, I think, the regeneration, but... I mean, there's still a lot in terms of, like, abilities from gems that they're still kind of hitting at that we don't have any really clarified nature of. Like how some gems such as Amethyst and Jasper can use spin attacks and how Garnet can like shoot her gauntlets. Like they have all of these secondary abilities. I want to see the more of the magical attacks. I still want to disagree with you when you say that like this is the episode that we begin to see something more of Steven and like we get to see a deeper look into that universe. I mean, sure, episodes like Gem Glow. Well, Gem Glow is really the only like episode that we've seen up until that point that had like a mostly slice of life focus. I think that come cheeseburger backpack when they're walking through the lunar sea spire and they're walking through the lunar sea spire you see all of these dilapidated things you see pearl put out that hologram with all of these other gems but wait there are other gems what do they mean by that so i i know that i was really curious about that from the beginning and for me it was really exciting knowing that there was still some mystery there with frybo it wasn't and honestly catfingers too i'm not a huge fan of either of those two episodes for me, what really was this, oh my gosh, this really is going to be a good moment with Sirius Steven. Like, that's the moment when I realized something was oh, going to change. Yes. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, I think part of it is just um, the way I do see the show, because um, for me, the big thing is, like, uh, it's not that I don't enjoy the main plot or the gem culture stuff or, like, the home world war or any of that. I've never really interpreted that stuff as, like, uh, the primary focus of the show. Like, I've always gotten the idea that Steven Universe is more about the lives of uh, the characters, and all of this lore just kind of happens to be a part of their lives, if you get what I'm saying. No, you're totally right. You're in good company with me. You're totally right, and I think that there are a lot of people who, like, share that same opinion with you. I know that, like, when the show first started airing, I I started watching it not because I was necessarily super into it. I started watching it because I needed something to do, like something to pay attention to kind of thing. And every time I tried to get someone invested in it, they were like, this is boring. This is just like Tumblr and a cartoon. And it was not Tumblr and a cartoon. <laughs> I never became familiar with Tumblr's reputation until I joined the Steven Universe fandom. Oh, I was already on Tumblr, so I was aware of it by that point. Uh, it's just, I, I guess with Catfingers, um, the thing that kind of interests me most about um, shape-shifting, and actually this is the one... I kind of really want to get into. I think either Pearl can't shapeshift, or she's just really, really bad at it. I think it's the latter. Remember in Secret Team, Amethyst assumes that Pearl can, and if they've been, you know, hanging out for thousands of years, you'd think Amethyst would have realized, you know what? Pearl always has an excuse when it's time to shapeshift. I think she would have figured that out after a while, you know? I think they're just saving Pearl's shape-shifting for something else later on, like they did with Garnet, like, using her hands. Like, the long hand in, uh, what was that episode where Steven found the time thingy? That and Secret Team. Oh, the Steven Steven and and the Stevens. Stevens. We just recorded an episode about that on the Ringo Zone with special guest star Cyril the Wolf. Plug, plug. I was listening to that earlier. Yeah, oh my god, that guy's so funny. (laughs) I think the perfect Pearl shapeshift form would be where she shapeshifts into Amethyst form and gives her the womp womp. I think that would be the most poetic 
first pearl shapeshift. I'm just trying to envision that with like a what's her DD? Is it Magno's voice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I always think it's Mango. I, I'm like I just try to, and I'm just imagining her like stumbling over the words and being really awkward. Like, no, no. She, she needs to be doing it in the most in-your-face way possible. Like, oh yeah, go Pearl. Go well, Pearl. No, no, no. That's oh the thing. Like, that's not characteristic. <laughs> I think it's funnier if she's like, oh, you, you see this and this wop wop. Like, uh, have you, you seen go. that? Um, like that. Have you funny. seen that fan comic where Amethyst tells Pearl like, you're not cool enough to smoke. And then it cuts uh, to uh, Pearl uh, sitting uh, in the armchair. She just sticks comic. out her that's tongue an old and one. smashes some ranch the ranch dressing with that. It. And then we this learned that Pearl is. doesn't eat, so that doesn't work. <laughs> this is probably why she doesn't eat, because one of the first foods she tried was a cigarette. Were you guys there for Piegate? Because I was not, like, a member of the fandom yet. I was watching the show, but I did not get... I was not, like, involved with the Steven Universe fandom until right after Fusion Cuisine. So I wasn't there when Piegate went down. I was there... Like, tell me your Piegate... Tell me your Piegate war stories. That's what I want. There, there's no Piegate war story to tell. I was reading Matt Burnett's Templar account. And, you know, he put up answers to a whole bunch of asks. There was one where he said, where someone asked why she hates eating but likes pie. And he's like, well, maybe she just likes the idea of pie. And you know, file that in my brain as unremarkable answer. You know, Matt Burnett said something funny. You know, nothing to see here. And the next thing I know, the Templar account's deleted. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that was... I have no idea why. See, I heard Pygate, and I imagined it was just like these rabbit-like arguments on every message board, but that yeah. is boring no. in comparison. Yeah. Oh, that That's was incredibly happens. boring. I'm pretty sure most of the fight happened on Twitter with him just getting hammered with nuisances. Or Everyone was maybe enraged. Maybe Tumblr. Everyone was enraged. Just I can see why he hates the fandom so much. <laughs> we always hurt the ones we love. This fandom is weird. Yeah, yeah. Being a fan is is tough sometimes. No, it's, it takes its toll. It's like I was just counting, like, um, not not in a podcast, just to my friends. Like, I have never hated a fandom that I am an active member of more than I have hated Steven Universe fandom. I've never not hated a fandom. I've hated every single fandom I've ever come across. Period. You just need to stay on Reddit where it's safe. No, no, Reddit is like the worst, man. <laughs> like. The never-ending, oh, Pearl is salty jokes. (laughs) Like, you can't keep saying that and have it be funny. It's not funny. The green Dorito jokes are not funny. Well, they finally got tired of the green Dorito jokes. They did not. They're still making them. Oh, not like they used to. Hey, guys, reminder, Peridot looks like a green Dorito. Make those jokes. Make those jokes. I know. Oh, and guys, it's like salsa verde. Did you know that in Sworn to the Sword, Amethyst was in her pre-reformed costume for one shot? Oh my god. Did you see this? I did not. If we're going to be speaking about continuity errors, just super quick, when, uh, in this episode in Catfingers, when Steven's leaving the beach house and he's already turned his hand into Catfingers, there's a shot where it's zoomed out, but you can see that his fingers are, like, perfectly pink, Mm. their skin tone, they're not Catfingers. Get together, guys. High res. Get together. In Steven and the Stevens, that you could actually make out the cuts on the gem until somebody posted a screenshot of it from the digital version, and, you know, my monitor is apparently much better for viewing these kinds of things than my TV is. But I had one more thing. Do you guys know who uh, storyboarded this episode? Can you guess? Was it Lamar Abrams? Nope. Look at the pearl. Okay, then I give up. 
That pearl is clearly uh, Hillary Florida. The way she draws pearl is so different than everyone else. That always stands out to me. Also, I thought it was pretty clear as Rebecca Sugar because the way she draws like dramatic faces also is really distinct from the way everyone else draws. Also on this episode was Kate Morris and Ian Jones. There's absolutely no way I would ever be able to recognize one storyboarder's style. I catch it when Helen Joe does it a few times. They're pretty darn distinct, IMO. But for the most part, I I don't really... I have no eye for this kind of thing. I mean, maybe Ian Jones Cordy, because he just turns up the cartoon to the max. But that's not me keying in on a style. That's me keying in on he likes to take it in this direction, so he's the only one who does that. It's got to be him. Okay. Also, this episode had 1.712 million viewers. I should actually at some point say, uh, if you're interested in hearing the Ringo Zone and seeing what happens to Steven Universe podcast when nobody can stay on track and it all just goes to hell, theringozone.com, uh, ringozonepodcast.tumblr.com. Also, while we're in the business of plugging things, we just made a new Facebook group. It's a discussion group. It's called the LSS Podcast Steven Universe Discussion Group. We also made a page for the podcast, so you can also search for that, or maybe there'll be a link to it. So yeah, we notice a lot of the times that people have very strong opinions about some of the things we say. Sometimes they agree, sometimes they disagree. That usually goes in the comments section, and please continue. We love our commenters, but if you want maybe a little bit more back and forth, I think maybe a discussion group is a little bit more of a better format for that so please join that if you're at all interested and while i'm already plugging all this stuff leave us a review on itunes so thank you all for listening to the lunar sea spire podcast and don't forget there's something horrible hiding in your closet right now this welcome to night veil now we need to start up our own podcast welcome to beach city i'm gc13 i was ken davis i plan on stripping down to my skivvies and washing my butt our opening and closing music is by james roach for more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.